0: and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and today is going to be a continuation on my Stranger Things watch through. So, a couple episodes ago, I talked about season one of Stranger Things, and I was debating whether to keep the Blu-ray VHS pack that I had of it, and I ultimately decided to not keep it in my collection. But... I decided, hey, I might as well watch through the other seasons as well. And, well, I gotta give my thoughts somehow. I can't just watch them and then just leave it at that. I need to give my opinions on stuff. So, anyway, I watched through season two, and I gotta say, it's a lot worse than I remember. So, going into season two, I literally remembered nothing. Like... I remember when I first watched season one, I remembered liking season one. I haven't re-watched season three yet, but I do remember a lot from season three and not in a good way. I don't remember liking season three. Season two, I genuinely forgot a lot of what happened just because none of it stuck with me. Um, and yeah, just watching through it again, there are things I do like quote-unquote but overall it's it's a case of I don't think I, I think no matter what it's a case of the fact that it's continuing in any way shape or form is just not right as I said with my season one review you know I liked these characters enough I liked it I liked the show well enough but not enough that really expanding upon it would do it any justice because there was a lot to it that i didn't like i didn't even really like season one as much as other people do like i think it's a fine season of television but nothing more than just fine and you know just the fact that it's continuing and it just gets even worse and because i don't like it as much The fact that season two comes around and everything is not as good as the first one, my thoughts are even lower than before. So I'm very, very critical of this season. And it's mostly just because it all feels like we're going through the same motions. Oh, we have the kids with their own thing. We have Nancy and Jonathan doing their own subplot. We have Hopper doing his own shenanigans. And after a while it's just like oh god i don't care i really don't like will byers is such a boring character when you get down to it there's a reason he went missing in the first season because that's all he had it's like that's all he had that's all he had as a character was missing boy you know and then you bring him back this season and he gets more uh screen time but like what do they do with him nothing they're just like oh he's uh he's uh, like possessed by the scary smoke monster from the upside down it's like okay why like i I don't understand like what even does this monster want like what is the threat here from the upside down who are these creatures why should I care why are they just like killers what like what's the deal with them like I know they're evil because they're like scary creatures who don't speak and they're just they just roar and they're like oh so ethereal and like we can't understand them but it's like okay why like that's never really explained who these creatures are I know why the government is the villain like I at least, I don't like any of the government villain like federal characters like feds like cuz they're just you know mustache twirling evil assholes are just saying like, oh we're the government Ooh, we we hate people we're gonna make things bad for you but like i get that like they're just they want to cover up stuff they want to cover up them being assholes it's like okay i get that i even sort of get you know characters like like billy like in the first season troy like i get it they're bully characters meant to just antagonize the main protagonists i get that I don't like them, I don't think they're great characters, but I understand what their motivations are, or lack thereof, because the writers are just terrible at writing these characters. I get that, but I don't understand who these creatures are. I don't understand who the Demogorgon is, like, what his deal is. Like, why is he trying to go to the real world? Why is he, why is this smoke monster, like, trying to go to the real world? Why is it possessing will? Like, why? And you know, you might say, "Oh, it we're just not supposed to understand these creatures. It's like, okay, weak ex- explanation. And also, it's like, well, then, I don't know, that's not really scary. It's just like, oh, we don't understand. And you know, some people might think that's scary. I think that's copping out like, oh, you just don't want to explain shit. Like you're just too lazy to explain shit because you realize, oh, we have to keep going with this bullshit when we were really just not even trying with season one. Actually, that's a lie. They were trying with season one. They just weren't very good at it, but now they have to try even harder to just like pump out more bullshit. So then stupid teenagers and stupid fans can eat it all up and Netflix can make more money. It's like, I'm sorry if I sound too cynical with season two, but I'm, I've been hurt before by sequels, by continuations, by just any form of media whose only purpose is to continue where there doesn't need continuing. This is the season where we have the Elle Goes to Chicago episode that nobody likes. I will say this one thing I did remember from season two was like there is that weird detour episode when Elle goes on her own little adventure to Chicago because the writers really wanted to make a backdoor pilot for this show for this gang like having this gang with where one of them's like has special powers it's like oh we can have this cool spinoff show beyond stranger things it's like all right but the appeal of stranger things is this close-knit group of characters anybody else we don't care about yeah, it's like it's like when the most random Star Wars characters get spin-offs and it's just like I don't care. I don't want to see a show about Cassian Andor. I don't want to see a movie about Han Solo. I don't want to see a show about Boba Fett. It's like I don't want to see this shit. I like seeing them as like characters in other movies. Well, not Cassian Andor cuz Rogue One sucks, but like I don't care to see them fleshed out. That's not what the universe was made to focus on. We weren't meant to focus on Han Solo. He was always supposed to be a side character. So, I mean, I'm going off on a tangent on the possibility that this would have been a TV show. Obviously, nothing happened of it because nobody liked this episode of, of Elle finding this other girl who had powers because she was experimented on but she also has different powers because she can make people see things it's like oh okay that's weird that you can have different powers i don't know if that's expanded upon in in seasons three or four but you know what i don't care i don't care i'm not there yet uh it's just the same but worse in season two you know, you get, you get so many scenes where it feels like it's trying to be derivative of season one, where it's like, oh, we got to revisit. We got to have that same magic that season one had. Now, as I said, I'm not even really a big fan of season one, so I'm not really all that impressed, but even I understood the impact of that, like the impact of seeing Joyce, like tie Christmas lights to her wall and then write the alphabet. It's like, that's a cool image. That's cool imagery here. They try to replace that by having like, oh, we're going to like tape drawings all around the house of like a tunnel system under Hawkins. It's like, it doesn't have that strong of an imagery when compared to like the lights up on the wall in the alphabet. It's like, that's strong imagery. Uh, you know, then you get like just new characters to add to the roster, but none of them are that interesting. I don't care about Max. I really don't care about Billy. I don't care about Bob, even though, I mean, technically I sort of cared about Bob because he was the only character that wasn't unlikable. So naturally he was the one who got killed off, you know, just for shock value, you know, cause that's what you do. That's good writing when characters you like are killed off for shock value. That's, I mean, whatever, like I give a shit like like Bob had any impact on the show. Actually, what's really funny about Bob as a character is that we're supposed to like him, but then it is his fault as to how Will gets possessed by the smoke monster. It's like, am I supposed to not like Bob then? Like, what's the deal with that? Like, that's kind of messed up because he's just like, oh, you got to stand up for yourself and say, don't, don't bother me, leave me alone. And then Will does exactly that and it backfires immediately. But like Bob is never seen as the villain because of that. Like he's never called out because of that. Am I supposed to? Like it's just so confusing. And then Billy is portrayed as like this really bad apple. But then he also gets a scene where his his father calls him the F slur. And we're supposed to feel bad for him. It's like really confusing characterizations in this season. I don't get it like i don't I don't know like why include these characters if you're not gonna do anything interesting with them? like Billy's just kind of an asshole, and then, oh, his father calls him the Epsler and like r- holds him up against the wall in a threatening way. It's like, oh well, that's not threatening. that's just badly written asshole characters to make another asshole character not seem like that big of an asshole it's like this this isn't good writing this isn't interesting character work it's nothing it's just garbage for netflix to dump on their streaming service and for people to be like oh it's i can watch this in a weekend and that's exactly what happened i'm i think this came out what halloween weekend of 2017 and people finished stranger things season two in that one weekend it's like Because that's what Netflix does. They just drop a season in a weekend and then it's forgotten like two weeks later. Sometimes they have lasting impact. Like I feel like Squid Game had kind of a longevity run, and obviously Stranger Things, because it has several seasons. But that doesn't really mean anything because they still just don't have the impact that they could have if they didn't just drop their whole season in one weekend it's just something that bugs me about netflix one of the many numerous things that bug me about netflix but whatever there's really not much else i can add to season two stranger things i know it sounds like i'm just repeating myself when i'm saying like they didn't need to continue but they really did not need to continue and it's just frustrating to watch there's just so many things that are like so apparent that make it seem like the writers just had no idea where they wanted to take Stranger Things after season one. And so they're just shitting out whatever they can and just going with whatever the first draft is. In some ways, I feel kind of bad because they're just forced to make this garbage and the studios will be the winners in the end because they're getting the most money out of this. And it's just a shame. Um... So the cool thing about Stranger Things Season 2 is it is also uh, a season of Netflix television that has a Blu-ray release. And it's kind of similar to the Season 1 Blu-ray release where it's in the shape of like a VHS tape. Um, Unfortunately, I have no interest in adding it to my collection. I mean, if that wasn't so obvious. I I got rid of the first season and that's probably the most positive i've been towards stranger things so clearly stranger things season two will not be added to my collection anyway be on the lookout for my discussions on seasons three and four i don't know whenever i get to watching them okay uh so not only did i want to talk about season two stranger things today i also wanted to talk about a dvd in my collection um so I've said before this is a podcast about my movie collection. Um one of the main reasons I started it was because I have a whole shit ton of just like DVDs, Blu-rays and VHS tapes that I've just never watched. And so I feel like this is a good opportunity for me to go through these movies and finally watch them. And I haven't gone through this uh pile of DVDs that I have since stealth. Um since the episode on stealth. That was the last episode I did on one of these movies that I started the podcast on. So it's nice to finally get back into one of those. Um, so I watched a movie called The Mouse That Roared, a Peter Sellers political comedy from the mid-20th century. Uh, no, it's not Dr. Strangelove. Um, it's called The Mouse That Roared. It's a... Uh, basically about this small country that is going bankrupt and their last ditch effort to get more money is to declare war on the United States and then, uh, lose and then reap the benefits of foreign aid and stuff like that. Um, it's essentially the producers. And like I said, Dr. Strangelove. But this came out before both of those movies. Um, And unfortunately, it's also not as good as either of those movies. I was very not impressed with The Mouse That Roared. So, one thing I'll start off by saying I really liked about it was its clever logo. So, it's a Columbia movie, and it has like the Columbia lady at the beginning who's holding the torch. Um, But they made it so it's, like, a live-action woman, and then she, like, runs away because, like, a mouse walks onto the set, and she gets scared by it. It's like, okay, that's kind of clever. I like that. But, like, I feel like that's kind of the only clever thing I really laughed at in the movie. Because, like, the rest of it was chuckle-worthy for sure. I that, like, I would describe this movie as chuckle-worthy. It has moments where I'm like, oh, that's very funny. That's Uh, that's kind of quaint, that's kind of neat, like, yeah, it's a comedy, like, this is funny. But none of it was ever really, like, laugh-out-loud funny. None of it was ever, like, really just having me, like, holding my sides from laughing so hard. And I, like, a couple episodes ago, I just did on Blazing Saddles, like, that's a movie where, like, I remember so many jokes and so many gags and so many scenes This didn't really have any of that. There was no joke that really stood out to me. There was no, like, gag that really stood out to me. Like, occasionally there was something that I found was pretty funny. Like, there's this weird incest joke at the beginning where it's just like, oh, the founder of the country is known as the father of the country because he really is the father of the country because that explains why so many of peter sellers's characters look similar it's like oh they're all related isn't that funny it's like i feel like that was a it was a weirdly it caught me off guard it was a very weird joke and it could have been funny but like it's just delivered weirdly and it just comes out of nowhere like there's this joke where peter sellers is talking to this Frenchman, and the Frenchman is obviously subtitled So like he's speaking entirely in French and all his dialogue is being said in the subtitles in English. And then uh, Peter Saylor is just saying we to everything he says, like, oh, we. And then at the end of it, (laughs) one of the other soldiers is just like, oh, what was he saying? And Peter Saylor says, I don't know. I don't speak French. And at the bottom, it says, I don't know. I don't speak French in the subtitles. It's like, that's clever, I guess. I I feel like that's kind of where the movie's at its strongest, is it in its, like, little clever little jokes, but it, they, they're not, like, they're not, like, jumping out at me, and they're not that memorable, like, I'll probably forget about these jokes in, like, a week or so, and they're little jokes I've remembered for years now, like, any, joke or line delivery from someone like groucho marx i still remember to this day even though some of those movies some of those marx brothers movies i haven't seen in years you know there's the numerous numerous line deliveries in mel brooks movies the best comedies in my opinion are movies where It's not just the jokes that are memorable about them. Like, I remember so many aspects about Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein than just the jokes. I like a lot of the jokes in those movies, but I also remember a lot of character moments, a lot of set design gags, a lot of just other things that go into making a comedy. There's really not much to The Mouse That Roared, like, now that I'm... I'm really like struggling to think about it because it's just like like i said there's just not a lot of really that funny jokes like there's some there's jokes that i know are funny i'm just not laughing that hard with them and the story itself is just kind of blasé it's like oh they end up winning um the war just because the u.s has like this bomb drill that they're doing and it's, it's just like complicated and I, I can see it's trying to have like political commentary, but it's not it's not Doctor Strange Love. Like that's the main takeaway I got from this movie. It feels like it's trying to be Doctor Strange Love, but Doctor Strangelove came out after this and did it so much better. It did the whole comedy and political allegory so much better. Because what made Doctor Strange Love so unique and i won't go into too much detail because i feel like i should save that for its own uh episode but what made it so unique was its balance of comedy and real world politics like it was somewhat believable in dr strangelove despite it being kind of kooky whereas this was just really really kooky and it still wanted to have a point so in that case it's kind of like when i was saying with blazing saddles a while back like how it's trying to have a point but it's at its most funniest when it's not trying to have a point but with that said blazing saddles has really really funny jokes in there whereas like this doesn't really have that it this is not on the same level as blazing saddles Jean seberg is in this movie um she was apparently a big actress back in the day I thought she kind of sucked in this movie, which is kind of weird. She's like this cultural acting icon, and yet I thought she was terrible in this movie. I was much more impressed with Peter Sellers, who I love Peter Sellers. Every movie I've seen him in, he's been fantastic. Even in a movie I despise, like Lolita, he's the best part in that movie because he's really, really good. But... Again, he's really good in this movie in all three parts. I really like those characters, but I don't know. I like his characters in Dr. Strangelove more because they feel like more fleshed out in that movie. Like, I remember Mandrake. I remember the president. I remember Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove only gets two scenes in his movie, and I remember infinitely more about him than any of the characters that Peter Sellers played in this movie. I remember liking him well enough in this movie because he's a good actor, but I don't remember anything about the characters. I will say, so I think I'm going to move on to talking about the DVD itself, uh, just because it's worth pointing out, this cover art is bad. It's like... It's like photoshopped, and but like the... Photographs of all three Peter Sellers' characters are just really, really just badly contrasted. And like I'm looking at this now, the actual piece of paper that is the cover is not cut properly. Um and I know cutting. I work in printing and this is like a terrible cut. You can see the white line actually of where the cutter was supposed to cut so then it's just like oh god this is terrible like i'm just i'm just noticing this right now i'm actually looking at it like this was cut terribly this is a terrible product like oh my god if i did this i would have gotten fired holy crap so not only is it a badly designed cover but like it's not cut properly (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's embarrassing um I mean, whatever. This DVD came out in, what, 2003? Like, obviously 20 years ago? Yeah, no. I I think it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, I'm just not a fan of how it looks. It looks very cheap. Like, I genuinely didn't think people would know about this movie just because the cover makes me think, like, oh, this is like an underground forgotten movie. Um But then you look on Letterboxd, and it has a banner, so that tells me that, you know, some people know about it, and, I mean, the fact that it has a Letterboxd page tells me that people know of it. The only features that come with it are trailers, where you get a trailer for this movie that lies and says that it's, like, the funniest movie of the year. Um, Obviously, trailers kind of have to do that. Uh, And then there's a trailer for Dr. Strangelove, so... Obviously, even the DVD knows that people are gonna make comparisons to Doctor Strangelove when they watch this movie. And then there was this trailer for a movie called "Don't Raise the Bridge, Lower the River," and it was like a Jerry Lewis movie. And it had a section where, like, a section of the trailer where, like, Jerry Lewis is just speaking in this offensive Chinese accent, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I can, you can see where the movie has its priorities straight. Um very weird trailer to include in the for this DVD, but whatever. Um, I guess to wrap up the this discussion on the mouse that roared, um, yeah, not impressed. Not impressed with this DVD, not impressed with the movie. I mean, really, like it's it's the it's movies like this as to why wa- it's movies like this. That made me start this podcast in the first place so i could finally get to these movies you know they're just sitting there in my collection just collecting dust doing nothing it's like they gotta i I gotta get through them so then i can decide all right do i want this do i not want this and yeah i don't want this it's it's not staying in my collection it's out the door i did not like this movie i don't like this dvd it's gone it's gone. Okay, that about does it. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for hearing me ramble about Stranger Things Season 2 and The Mouse That Roared, two very different uh, things that I think nobody would have expected to see an episode on, uh, where those two are featured in the same episode. So there you have it. Alright, thank you all for dropping by, but now it's time to say goodbye, and always remember, uh, uh, I don't know, what does Elle say in Stranger Things Season 2? Bitchin', isn't that like the the tagline of the season? Uh, yeah, bitchin', isn't that funny when the, the, the child says the bitch word? Isn't that funny? I think that's funny. I'm just kidding, I don't think that's funny. I think it's forced and contrived. Okay, bye, see you next time.